Welcome back to Soulback. We're in 2005 now. It was a great year. And uh, we did 2006 last year, guys. What is going on? I'm chilling. 2006 was one of my all-time favorite years. And I'll admit, players, 05, I knew it was a big year for hip-hop. For R&B, I was like, it's an alright year. But when I started doing the research, this is a pretty big year. Can I give some quick shout-outs? We got some of our biggest supporters in the house tuned in real quick. Jonathan B., Shaquille Perry, Lawrence, Neon21. We got Tar Heels fan. Uh, I'll give some more shouts as we go, but appreciate you guys tuning in. Yeah, it's uh, it's fun seeing you guys join in every week, join in and hanging out with us, talking about some of our favorite eras. In 2005, like you guys said, a very cool and great era for R&B. I mean, so many albums we can talk about. Um, guys, what does 2005 mean to you guys? Where were you guys in your life at that time? Oh, man, 05. So <laughs> I think I talked about last time about how 06 was the year I got married, turned in the player's card, they hung <laughs> the jersey in the rafters, Tom. It was time <laughs> to retire. So in 2005, a lot of people don't know this, but my wife and I, almost the entire time that we dated, we were long distance because she was at grad school in Berkeley in California. I was working in Louisville. Shout out the player. So we were long distance for like two or three years. So 2005 was the year she graduated and she moved to Louisville. So it was the first time we were kind of together. So a lot of these songs, especially like Keisha Cole and a few others we'll talk about, remind me of that time of like helping her get her place, hang out at her place, finally being together. So it's a very sentimental time for your cold hearted reviewer. <laughs> hmm. What about you, Tom? I, I was 22 turning 23 in my senior year of college. And uh, I was heavy into R&B. I was looking forward to so many new releases at the time. I remember it being an exciting year. I just remember being excited about what was coming out, buying them the day they came out. And I was still excited, and I was not too disappointed by what I was hearing. So it was a good time in life. Um, and, yeah, it was a good year for music as well. Yeah. You know what? For me, and I see a lot of people that say the same thing um, on our twitter page is that this was like everyone's high school year i don't know why everyone went to high school during these years except you two but everyone on our twitter they went to high school during these years and uh when i posted those album covers they were all just going nuts they're like oh man this is throwback first of all 2005 should not be known as throwback or i'm old so <laughs> let's let's just get that out of the way but um I just, remember, the club player. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just remember all this new music coming out from all these new artists different sounds it wasn't traditional traditional r&b there was more of a hip-hop influence to it but um it was a good time and we'll talk about all these albums but i mean the first album we have to talk about probably the most successful of this year is mariah carey's emancipation of mimi big album massive singles ed talk to me about that album i gotta set the stage for this one for some of our younger fans <laughs> who don't might not quite understand or get the importance of this album in 2005, I know Mariah, we celebrate her. She was always one of the legends. But by 05, she was kind of, it felt like on the tail end of her career. We had Butterfly. We had the big stuff in the late 90s. The early 2000s stuff was not popping. We can go back and y'all can retroactively, while you were babies, talk about how big some of those records were. They were not. This was the time where Mariah made this gigantic comeback improved mm -hmm. that she could not only evolve her sound but involve some kind of 
producers that she had already been working with, reuniting with JD and a few others. And it was just a brand new Mariah. And it was one of the best albums of her career out of nowhere. And to me, one of the greatest comeback records of all time. This was huge. And I can't really overstate how important it was. Yeah. Real quick shout out. I see Jonathan B. mentioned he was in elementary school in 2005. And his mom, he was listening to his mom's music. Oh. John, Jonathan B., you need to tell your mom to check out this podcast, man. <laughs> Share it around. <laughs> Shout out mm-hmm. to Montrez Jones in the house as well, David Dwayne. I saw Netta Brielle in the house. Yeah. But real quick, what I'll say about this album, what I remember was it was a huge comeback because we simply, what was that movie that Mariah had that, that flopped? Glitter. Glitter. Glitter, yes. So we didn't know. Oh, we boy. thought it might have been over for her. And for her to you know come back in such a big way a few years after that, you know, it, it revived her career, like you guys said. And I remember loving this album, especially some of the more individual songs. So definitely big time right there. You know what's crazy about this album is that um, when It's Like That came out, the one with Fat Man Scoop, I didn't like that song. Mm. So so when I went into the album, like there was a lot of hype behind it, but I wasn't all the way 100% sold. Um, and I think that album came out before We Belong Together was a single, if I remember correctly. I think you're right. I think It's Like That was the first single. Somebody will definitely correct us if we're wrong. But I do remember hearing that first. And I'm like, I liked it. But I didn't yeah. think it was like, oh, my God, the best thing ever. But to Tom's point, those album cuts were incredible. And then when we got yep. We Belong Together, which I loved, yep. but it's 2020. <laughs> I'm still kind of tired of it because y'all wore it out. But I mean... I, Ed, I love it, though. And arguably, it's like the most popular R&B song of all time. But no, what I was going <laughs> to say is like, I became a believer when that song, mind you, it wasn't on the radio. It didn't come out yet. So once I heard that song, and that was early on in the album. So once I heard that song, I knew I'm like, okay, this is going to be a magical record. And I was right. The rest of the album, although I wouldn't say it's flawless. There's a couple of oh, songs no. that are, uh, uh, that Nelly song. I had all the makings of being a amazing song. <laughs> you have the Neptunes, you have Nelly, and you have Mariah. But that that one didn't connect for me. Uh, <laughs> and let me just mention, I don't know about your guys' cities or anyone listening on this podcast, but they played the remix of We Belong Together with Jada Kiss and Styles yep. P nonstop here in New York City. I don't know if you guys heard it as much. They did. I've heard the remix. They did not play that, but in Louisville, they played the original <laughs> so much again Sorry. i love the song it is one of the better songs of the decade check out soul and stereo we have an entire list 100 songs of the 2000s that's very high on the list but man i got so tired of that song the second i would hear those piano keys i'm like oh here we go but i oh, can't no. hate on the success of that album or that shaquille song. perry said the nelly and snoop songs are the only two i didn't like that snoop song is amazing say Actually, something yeah. the neptunes that snoop, wow. that snoop song is good the nelly <laughs> song not so much uh, shake it song, off. The um the one that's like the club the club's gonna close in a minute. Which one is that one? That's not that's the, the one, one with that's the one with JD. I think. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Get your number. Oh, my wife wore that song out. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Kanye had a great song on that album as well. Stay the night. Oh, yeah. I love Stay the night. Yeah. Shake it off was a huge song. Don't shake forget off, about yeah. us, which was like a carbon copy of We Belong Together followed that same formula, but it works. And I think you're allowed to do that once in a while, just copy that same song. And it, if it works, it works. It's exactly. crazy. Like, even the JD song, if that song came out today, it would probably be in our top five of the year. And it was all contained on one album. What a time. Yep. Yeah. So, 
fantastic album and, and and not far behind mary j blige came back with her comeback album the breakthrough if you guys remember a couple years prior to that she had reunited with diddy the album didn't really connect but the breakthrough comes be without you i think comes from that same world as we belong together and it's just as big it was just as big and again you can echo a lot of what i said about mary i'm mean about mariah for mary and we talked about this last week just for me i know when we're talking about just chronologically, this is a 2005 album. To me, it always felt like a 2006 album because it came out, I want to say, like around Christmas time. So most of my memories were 06, but we're talking about 2005, so it's definitely there. And as you know, Be With You was like, I think that was like the fall. So we did definitely have some traction in 2005. But yes, another album that defined a whole decade and really gave... MJB yet another shot in the arm for people who had said eh, she might be falling off. We talked in the Soul mm-hmm. and Stereo Cipher just a couple of days ago. There are some fans of, of Love and Life. I did not know this. It's my least favorite Mary album. But I thought this was a great rebound from a so-so project. I'll tell you what. I thought it was a really good album at the time. But guys, I, I'll be honest. These past two albums we discussed, they don't have a lot of replay value for me. Maybe that's just my personal preference. And I didn't actually love every song on either of these two albums. But we'll talk about that more when we talk about what we loved and didn't love. But that's mm-hmm. just me as an R&B fan. Maybe it just didn't connect with me. I got to re-listen, though. It's been some time. Well, I mean, to your point. Well, y'all know me. I will find. I will nitpick anything. I don't think either of these albums are flawless, even though Twitter kind of acts like they are. They do. And I they don't do. think that <laughs> either are their are best their work best. either, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So we'll get to that later. But these, for 2005, are two of the standouts. No question there. Yep. Yep. Great album. Do you guys still hear an echo coming from me? I think it's a no, little bit of an echo, right? You're good. You're good. I'm good now? Yeah. Okay. I don't know what happened there. But... Um, I can still hear myself, that's weird. But uh, another album I want to talk about while we get this fixed is Tony Braxton's Libra album. A lot of people love this album. I see it all over social media all the time. And Ed, the crazy thing is it's not even on streaming platforms. I I did not know this until, I can't remember who it is, if they're here, my fault player. But a couple people shouted me out on Twitter and said, this album isn't on streaming. And according to Tony, it'll never be on streaming. So, in fact... I got it right here, dog. You laugh at the old man for a CD collection, but I can pull it off the wall. So forget you and your Apple Music. I'm rocking it. I thought this album was one of her most underrated in the long run. It didn't. I mean, please got a lot of love, but there are lots and lots and lots of things to love about that album. And it's another one that's really nostalgic for me because I remember my soon-to-be wife just wearing that thing out. Fun. Hmm. You know what's crazy, like. That it's a good thing I collected all these MP3s back in the day because now I'll have it forever, even if it's never on streaming services. <laughs> exactly. See, the hoarding works. It works. But I will not be Dave, at the mercy of Black Crown Records. I know my my boy David Dwayne's gonna be a little shocked here, I, guys. I've never even listened to this album, believe oh, it or Tom. not. A young Tom never connected with Tony Braxton. Tom. Now, I'm as an R and B. As an R and B journalist, it is my duty to go back and listen to all her her music. But hey. A young Tom, twenty-one, twenty-two, was Tony Braxton was not for me at the time. So, you know, that's just my how it was for me. Can't hate on that. No, you like what you like, and if Tony wasn't your thing, then it wasn't your thing. But I'm a Tony fan from way back, so I had to cop. 
Uh, before we continue with this, can I get a mic check? Do you guys still hear an echo? Do you guys hear an echo? I don't hear um, an echo. You're good. You're okay right now. It seems like after you start talking for a while, it gets freaked out. Yeah, I think Tom's blasphemy has just ended all the techni- technical errors. Because, Tom, you got to go back and listen to Tony Braxton. My goodness, yeah. this album, guys. I saw Netta. She mentioned the song Supposed to Be. Carrie yeah, Hilson is singing. Carrie Hilson is singing backgrounds on that song. I didn't even know who Carrie was at the time. And I was like, if that's not Tony, it must be someone legendary. And it was Carrie Hilson. There we go. Look at this comment from Shaquille Perry. Barry Hankerson is the reason I collect CDs, so we got to thank him. I got all the Aaliyah <laughs> CDs. I got the Tank CDs. <laughs> Collector's yep. items right there. They are. I've got them all. <laughs> not a Tony fan, but you're like Ashanti. Now, that's, it's too, let's not even, that's, a, that's a whole other debate. Those are two totally different styles of music. That, that's, well, that's, for, that's for 2002, guys. Wait till 2003 <laughs> comes. I got something for you in that chapter, too. Oh, man. Uh, another album I want to talk about here, and this is one that I feel like is sort of underrated. It's kind of weird to say that, but Amory's second album, Touch. Yeah. I, I don't know underrated. if it's as good as her first album, but it's a pretty good album here. Yeah, no. I don't think it's as good it's as her as good. first album. But, I mean, I love this album. This is another <laughs> one of my favorites of the decade. I have said a million times, and if you disagree... You can hit me up in my DMs. The point, it still stands. One thing should have made that woman a megastar. I, do, hmm. I know y'all are going to say, but this, but that, but the third. You see the stars we got now? They ain't got a one thing. <laughs> one thing should have made her huge. That's what I'm saying. And I love this record. Y'all know how much I love her debut. I do like her album that we discussed a little bit. I think it was 07 when that dropped. I like that one a little bit more than this, but again... This was that hot streak for Amory. Hmm. I actually like the album. I was super excited because if you guys know one thing about me, I love her first album. It's one of my favorites of all time. Yep. So I was super hyped for this one. You know, one thing added to the you know the hype for it. I was a, a slight bit disappointed. I think just even when hearing that song she did with Lil John, "Touch," I did not like that at all. But there was still some of the magic from her debut, so I still do like this album a lot. Tom, that would be the uh, the Sean Garrett world. So uh, Sean Garrett <laughs> was killing it, and Little John was as well. So I can't be mad at that song. Ed, are you ready for the hardest question of the day? Hit me with it. What's the better song? One Thing by A. Marie or The Clone of One Thing? Uh, Take This Ring by Tony Braxton. <laughs> the Clone of One Thing. Well, yeah, there were a thousand clones of One Thing, but I will say that that's the best clone of One Thing. One Thing ain't nobody beating that. Nobody on earth. And I know mm. that y'all are going to say, what's the Beyonce song that y'all said it's clone one thing? I can't remember. That whole weird conspiracy theory that's got going on. If I got to go with thing, I got to go with one thing, then I got to go take this ring, and then it's the rest of them. That mm. J-Lo song y'all like, throw it at the bottom. Those are my two. Uh, <laughs> uh, Tom, I want you to talk about this one because this seems like, I mean, I know this is an album you love and this is an artist you love. And uh, I know this album in particular is very dear to your heart, near and dear, which is Faith Evans' First Lady album. Oh, Carvin man. and Ivan killed the production on that. Um, that was her first album after Bad Boy. Talk about this album. It might, might, might be my favorite album by her, aside from her... Her first and second are so good also. It's tough with Faith. She's one of my favorites. But the First Lady... 
just kind of took her sound to a new new level. I mean, I just front to back love this album. Can play it. I don't skip any songs. I feel like Netta, you would appreciate this album too. But just random David Dwayne, you too. But this is stop and go. You know, that's one of my favorite songs. Yep. Um, and there was just so many good ones. Like I can't even point out individual songs. Just a cohesive album front to back that I love. Yeah, uh, Ed. Let me be a little controversial. Let me be a little controversial. Let me be a little controversial here. Y'all know how much I love Faith. One of my all-time favorites. Her first album is Five Stars. Her third album is almost Five Stars to me. Love Faith. This album was okay. I do like Stop and Go. There's a lot that I like about this album, but it just didn't connect with me like the first three. So... There's, I played it out a lot during this time, and I loved it, like catching feelings. There's a lots of good stuff on this joint, but overall, yeah. it was just a little bit of mixed bag for me. Hmm. Mm. Wow. I I love this album. This is one of those albums that, uh, as I got older, it got better and better. I'm not sure why, but mm. great, great album. Um, One Twelve came back. Pleasure and Pain. This was their album after. Hot and Wet, which we'll talk about in 2003. I don't know how much we'll really talk about that one, but (laughs) Pleasure and Pain, that was a pretty solid album from them. Yeah, that one was pretty solid. And I think I mentioned a couple weeks ago when they put out their EP that I felt like that that EP was kind of the best thing they've done since this era of 112. Again, I kind of in in the faith category on this one where there's a lot of stuff I like and a lot of stuff that's kind of eh to me. But overall, it was solid and a definite rebound from the Sweaty White Beater album. <laughs> Listen, guys, I was the biggest 112 fan back then. Man, I even had the screen name, the AOL Instant Messenger screen name, TL Room 112. Wow. Just for proof. <laughs> oh, my God. I told, when I told Mike about that, when I interviewed him, he looked at me weird. I thought right then and there we lost a supporter with Mike from 112. <laughs> but we're cool. We're cool. But Shout let me out, tell Mike. You, and let me t- yeah, Mike is cool people. But let me tell you, I was so disappointed by the Hot and Wet album. I'm not going to get into that. But when they came back with this one, I was like, all right, they're back. Yep. Pleasure and Pain is a really solid album. Uh, this is what I want to hear from 112. So I like it. And, and speaking of Sean Garrett records, as he did, you already know. I actually like that song oh, a lot I more than Touch. Song. So shout out to Sean. Uh, <laughs> we got to talk about the Jamie Foxx record here, which people think is the first his first album, but no, it's his second album. Not at all. Maybe when we'll get to 1994 or whatever, we'll talk about the first album. I mean, Ed, you'll have to talk about that album because I was <laughs> four at the time. <laughs> I'll have to but, do the whole podcast once we get to 94. <laughs> I think so. But 2005, I remember when Jamie Foxx came back. Of course, he had the Kanye collaboration. I think Gold Digger was out by then. He came up with this album. And um, it was a pretty good album. Mm, Clay, I'm going to hit you with three for three. This is another one that got a lot oh. of love. Uh, I liked a oh. lot of. I got a lot of. There were a lot of tracks up here that I enjoyed, and most of them were the album cuts, like VIP. I still wear that album. Ooh. Like yep. there are some really good tracks here, but another uneven package for me overall. So this is another one that gets a lot of love on social media, and this is why I have kind of a love hate with 2005. When I went back and looked at it. When we were talking about 2005, I remembered the albums that I was really excited for and listened to them. I'm like, oh, they all right. 
side, two side, and forgot about the ones that I really love. So kind of the ones we're talking about now. I know Jamie's a, this album most people hold it in high regard. I think the ninety four album is way better. Hmm. But eh, y'all can have this one. Kyle, you ever since I met you, Kyle, you were telling me to listen to this album and shout out to Static Major for his work on this. VIP yep. is a fire song, but Kyle, why do you love this one? I don't know. I think it was just the right time. Yeah. For that album to come out. All the big name producers are on here, Mike City, Sean Garrett, Timbaland, our boy RL, he wrote Storm. Yep. That's an amazing song. Uh, Heaven, it's a great piano ballad by Tank. I don't know, it was just something about that album. I don't know if I listened to it all that much in 2020, mm. but I have great memories to that song, uh, especially because Jamie and Kanye, they were sort of a package deal at that point. I was a yeah. huge Kanye fan, so uh, just a lot of great memories to that one, Tom. Dope. Um, what albums am I missing here? Um, oh, somebody I mean, mentioned three-letter word. Yes, that was my song, too. Tar Heels. Great. Yep, yep. Hot. Let me quickly uh, go through a couple more albums here before we get into the rookies, because I think we can spend like an hour on that oh, by can. itself. Uh, man, uh, Charlie got, Wilson. Got, yeah, Charlie Wilson. I was going to bring that one up, actually. That was a really good album. That's a really, really good album. And he had the cover of uh, the Guy record, Let's Chill. The yep. thing I love about Les- that album yep. is I think, to me, this is an album where the next generation just really appreciated how good Uncle Charlie was. Because before then, he was just kind of like, oh, he's one of the legends. And this is back when we at least respected the legends. I don't know what y'all be doing now. But this is when we showed some love. And then he came with this fresh sound. And you know that voice is ageless, timeless. The man's a vampire. He's not aged. So Uh I love that he was able to come back and reconnect with the new generation. To me, this is the album where he did it. The thing that trips me out is the album cover. Because he's sitting in like this... It looks like he's sitting in like <laughs> half a spaceship. The spaceship from Dragon Ball Z that had like the little oh. crab legs. That's what he reminds me of when he sits in a big yellow thing. <laughs> now you summed it up perfectly, Ed. Like he really solidified things with this one, showed us he was here to stay. And then yep. it's even amazing how he's taken things to even higher levels in the years that followed. So true legend right there. Mm hmm. And that, uh, couple, that song with Justin Timberlake floating with Will I Am. Oh, yeah. I saw it mentioned, That's Tar Heels fan. That's a yep. really unique song. It's cool. Yep. Uh, a couple more albums I want to talk about here. Uh, this one is actually a solid album, but it was sort of a disappointment for me. Genuine's Back to the Basics, because he said he was going back to the basics, which I thought meant he was going to be back with Timbaland. Mm. But no, Back to the Basics just meant he was going to go back to singing slow songs. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> Yeah, I know G's your boy, but this is another one that it's, eh, it was what it was. It's not one that I really revisited. The last time I revisited it was when I ranked his discography a few months back, and it really hadn't grown on my list of G albums, really. So it was another project where, unfortunately, he kind G kind of hit that slump kind of in the mid-2000s. That's kind of what this was. It was okay. I'm sure fans would dig it, but overall... Yeah, Tar Heel fan. I don't hate the album. I actually do like some of the songs, but it just was not what I was expecting. But here's you, one that I actually uh, well, have let me, really... Let, let me add ahead, one thing real quick. You know what I remember about this era, right? I used to buy CDs. And when you spend your hard-earned money on a CD because you like the single, you don't know what to expect, or you're just a fan of the artist. Like, I was a big Genuine fan, so I bought the CD. And let me tell you, upon first listen, I wasn't a huge fan of the album. So... 
I spent my money on the album already. I had to, you know, get my money's worth. I'd listen over and over and over again to try to like it. Maybe I missed something. Eventually, I kind of did like it. But, you know, I remember being a little disappointed at first. But, damn, I sure played it, you know, made sure I didn't miss something the first few times. Get my money's worth. Tom, that is an incredible (laughs) point. I've talked about this before. People ask why albums come and go so fast these days. Because when you had to spend your $9.99 at Target or Best Buy, even if the album was okay, you still played it a lot. So you had time for the songs to grow on you. There are lots of albums back there that I got. And I was like, eh. But then you just listen and listen and listen, and the music grew on you. That's why we can like remember these songs off the top of our head because we've been playing them to death. Now it's like it drops. You listen to it on Spotify while you're doing some work. And then you never go back to it. So I feel like a lot today is being lost as far as connecting with albums and making it really have a lasting impact on you. Mm-hmm. And shout out to nine ninety nine at Circuit City if you bought it on the first day or the first week. Otherwise, the price went up to like thirteen ninety nine. So I yep. was there for that nine ninety nine. <laughs> you had to go get it for that nine ninety nine. I bought yep. a Marie for four ninety nine. What a wow. deal! I got wow. that album for free 99 on, I think it was Bearshare at the time. Ooh. Uh-huh. You also got a couple of viruses, too. Yeah, <laughs> we'll go into that another day. I got to talk about that Ja Rule Blood in My Eye album. I got like three <laughs> viruses downloading that. Oh. Blood in well, your we'll eye about- and all up in your computer. Yeah, that was bad. <laughs> uh, a couple of sophomore albums I want to talk about here. Tweet dropped her second album. Marcus Houston dropped his second album. Ray J dropped a second album on a side note one wish by ray j i don't think anyone else could have sang that song and i don't even know if he sang it that good but he somehow pulled it off that song is great guys uh, it's what oh, it man. is <laughs> but the thing is it became one of his signature songs so like when people today mention ray j people who i don't even know are r&b fans will mention that song so people definitely know it I, I got nothing to say about Ray J, guys. Next topic. Well, Little we can Marcus talk about Tweet's album. Because I <laughs> Tweet, did like Marcus that. Houston? <laughs> Tweet's album was great. It was, again, a slightly different sound from the last one, but kind of an evolution of that sound, and it's one that I still play today. Cab Ride? Y'all playing. I still play that. Love that song. I was really excited about the Marcus Houston album, Naked. You know, all because of you. Really liked the single when I heard Naked that, you know, Tank did for him. Really liked that one, too. I was a big Marcus Houston fan. Really liked his debut when that one came out. So I remember liking this album as well. Uh, correction. So Ray J, that's actually his third album, Radiation. So my bad on that one, but One Wish is still a classic. Uh, Frankie Whoa. J, who I just spoke to yesterday, he dropped The One. Uh, that was a solid album here. And uh, Eric Benet, Tom, he dropped Hurricane. Yeah, Hurricane... He was supposed to drop an album years before that uh, called Better and Better. I was just reading up on his discography, and uh, it got shelved. And this one had some songs from that, and then some songs he re-recorded. So I like this one, too. Um, I'm a big Eric Benet fan. You know, and it had the song Pretty Baby on it, which I really liked. Um, I Want to Be Loved was another good song on there. And uh, I think this was a solid album. Did you like that one, Ed? I did. I mean, really, I can't think of an Eric Benet album that was whack. I think this is yeah. another one that is a long line of solid but kind of forgotten albums. And it's kind of a shame because it's one of those albums that I don't remember getting a lot of buzz back then. But if it came out today, 
man, it would melt the internet down because of the quality <laughs> and because yeah. we don't have anything like this anymore. So shout out my man. Right. He never disappoints. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to mention this album here. I see Netta in the building. So we got to talk about Nivea's complicated album. Tom, yeah. I know you were rocking the song okay. <laughs> I know you were. It was the beginning of the end, guys. But I actually, in the, in the wow. moment, in the moment, I did like that song. But Kyle, as you mentioned, the crunk era probably killed my interest in R&B. And it, it certainly did cause the beginning of the end for my interest. Oh, man. <laughs> For popular R&B, that is. That was not the answer I was expecting. Um, a couple more albums I want to talk about, and then we'll get into these rookies. Selena Johnson dropped her album, which has a fire Kanye West song on there with Common. Listen, player, um, I'm going to talk real quick about this album, because to me, this was a one of the most overlooked gems of the year. The Flesh. Love this album. I think it's great, and it might be, it might be the most overlooked album of the year, and probably one mm. of the best of her career. I need to rank her albums next. Somebody remind me that later. It's a good idea. Hmm. Uh, Dwale came out with an album. Brian McKnight, uh, Babyface. Can we talk about that Babyface album? Grown and Sexy. Grown and Sexy. Yep, I remember that one very well, and that was a fun album too. That was um, a really good album too. Anthony, I like that one too. Anthony Hamilton dropped an album. Uh, I'm looking at Tom's notes here. Eight Ball and MJG. I don't know what they're doing on your list here, Tom. <laughs> well, Tom knows how to get down. That album was actually pretty good. Talk about comebacks. That was another good comeback album. Um, someone wanted us to mention uh, the man that we're not allowed to speak about, TP3 Reloaded. Are we allowed to talk about that? Oh, I'll talk about it. Because I have found that that album has a lot of fans. Eh. Mm. I mean, the only Wait. thing I remember about it, that's the album where he's standing on the volcano with his pajamas on. <laughs> Wait, is it, isn't that the album with Trapped in the Closet? That is the Trapped in the Closet album. There are a couple songs oh. on it, but that thing is way too long and inconsistent for your boy. He also has a can song about having sex in the zoo, so take it. Oh, you my want. God. Can, can I ask one question about Trapped in the Closet? You can. Um, and, and I want the people to answer this, too. I'm curious. At what part in that series did you check out? Because the first one... I don't know about you guys, but I was super interested after chapter one. The first At what one point was great. Did... Yeah. After the first one, I checked out because that's all we needed. We didn't need chapter 37 with aliens. Years later, <laughs> I went back and like found out that there was like a million chapters. And I like maybe listened to like half of them and just gave up because it was so ridiculous. But no, the first one was cool. <laughs> Y'all can keep the rest of that mess. Yeah, mm. same. Wow. I never got into that. Um. And then there's this album here. This is um, this is one that that I think deserves some love. She just dropped an album recently. I think it got slandered all over social media, unfortunately. But at this time, Alicia Keys could do no wrong. This is when mm. the Unplugged album came out. Yes, I really like the Unplugged album. That was the song. What was the song that she had on it? The one Unbreakable. Unbreakable. Yes, when Unbreakable. she was singing about the sitcoms. I know that Cosby Show yep. stuff did not <laughs> age well, y'all. Sorry about that. <laughs> But I really like that song, and I miss the live albums. I shout out PJ yes. Morton. He's kind of given us that feel back. But I always appreciate different spins on songs that I like. So that one was a fun album. That was when Alicia was still doing her thing. Yeah, great album there. Uh, can we get into the rookies here? Oh, it's a bunch, sure. I'm going to quickly pull this up. Off the top of my head right now, I'm just going to name them. You guys give me what you have because uh, it's going to be quite a debate later. 
when okay. it comes to these Rookie of the Years, which we'll get into shortly. But I'm going to name them Raheem Devon, Teddy Payne, Mashonda, Pretty Pretty Ricky, Trigger Trey Songs, Tierra Marie, Omarion, Keisha Cole, Chris Brown, Bobby V, B5, shout out to Tom, and Brooke <laughs> Valentine. Of all these artists that I just mentioned, who did you expect to become a star? Because let me put this out there first. I think every single one of them had some success. It's yeah. not like any of them failed, per se. Some definitely uh, were bigger than others. But at that time, who were the ones that you were like, this guy's going to be a star or this chick's going to be a star? Who, who is that for you guys? All right. So now you can't cheat. Because a lot of, in hindsight, you can say this person or that person, and with 2020 eyes. But if we are in 2005, if you ask me who I thought was going to be the biggest star out of that bunch you named, I would have said Keisha Cole. And I will tell you why. Mm. Because the album that she had was so well produced. She just had so much momentum. She was really, she really did feel like the second coming of Mary J. She spoke to a whole new generation of young women and the music still connected with men. I saw the same thing in 92 when Mary came through. I loved that album. She had big, big songs off that album. I thought that she was, and she did, we're not going to say that she didn't have a great career because the next two years she did really, really fill that potential. Maybe not to the heights we thought, but to me in 2005, I thought she was going to be the one. I'm going to say Keisha Cole as well. I'll, I'll say two. Keisha Cole, because just the momentum, like you said, Ed. But didn't she even got the reality show? I think like right away, which was, which was weird. Mm-hmm. And then like just the push she got. I mean, if you compare her to like Raheem Devon, who had a great, so you know, debut album too. He didn't get nearly the push she did. So I mean, there was definitely a huge machine behind her. But also Bobby V. I just remember him being everywhere, yep. especially being part of Disturbing the Peace. His singles were huge. And, you know, he definitely blew up after that album. So those are the two in that moment I remember as far as who I thought was going to be huge. I mean, obviously, Chris Brown, too, seemed like a young star, but I don't remember him being on the level of the other two in that moment. Not Mm. in the moment. He was not. No, I think at the time, because I I was around when Chris first came out, and, uh, like, the buzz was definitely there. But it wasn't really until, like, the second album that he, like, exploded I think the first album, a lot of people loved it, but like for me, um, I have two names that come to mind. I saw a couple people mention her. I thought Tierra Marie was going to be a star because at that time, every rap label was trying to sign a female, and they were following, and you're going to love this, they were following the Ashanti blueprint. No, they weren't. Mm. You're right. You're going to get that co-sign from that big rapper, whether it's Jay-Z, whether it's Ja Rule whether it's 50 Cent, shout out to Olivia, which she should have had an album out this year too, I believe. But I thought Tierra was that, and I was drinking the Rockefeller Kool-Aid. Didn't pan out for her. Um, and then the other one I thought was going to blow up was Omarion. It just made sense. Coming off B2K. Yes, yes. And um, had a great single. I, al- I almost felt like, oh, although I love that song, it was like too R&B for him to blow up as a pop artist. I always yeah. say that O reminded me of like a new generation Key Sweat song. You know, to me, that's the highest compliment. But mm. I get what you're saying, that it kind of didn't feel like his sound at the time. Now, he quickly got it later. 
But I do agree that like for that to be his first song, eh, it might not have worked. I loved it though. But that's because it reminds me of some Key Sweat stuff. Mm-hmm. Can I just tell you who I knew or I thought wasn't going to blow up? And that was Trey Songs. Yeah. Because he wasn't making any noise with that album. And I thought he was toast. I mean, <laughs> you know, and, and then look where he is now. But it really took him a few albums. That's a whole other story. But in that moment, I thought that was going to be it. I agree. I mean, the only reason that I knew him and connected with him because he's a VA boy. So, of course, I was I was in his corner. He's from Petersburg, which isn't far from where my parents live now. So I was like, okay, this is I want this dude to blow. And I liked the album and I liked it. But there just wasn't a lot of buzz behind old Trey back then. But he found his way a few years later. You know, what's interesting in hindsight, when you look back, like I look at an artist like um, Brooke Valentine, she comes up with Girl Fight. Like, how do you even follow up to a single like that? Like, that was such a in-the-moment type of record. Mm. And Brooke's actually very talented, but, like, when we look at it now, how are you supposed to follow up to, with, with that song? That's the trouble. Like, when you have a song that... I talk about this a lot, and y'all get mad, but when you have a song that's so in-the-moment and speaks to the moment, it works in the moment. But kind of moving outside of that moment is where you struggle, and that's where it kind of feels like you're... Because if you think of the name Brooke Valentine, you think of two things. And shout out my boy, Derry. Because you think of that one song, and you think of loving hip-hop. Because he put the clip mm. on our page the other day. And that's kind of unfair, because she is definitely more than that. But when you think of that, you just think of that era. And unfortunately, I don't know if she was able to escape that. Yeah. Um, and then we got to quickly talk about Ed. I've been waiting uh, like four episodes for this. Can we talk about Pretty Ricky? Are they an R&B group, Tom? <laughs> no, they're not. An, they are three rappers. Actually, I don't even know. Are they three rappers? I just know there's Pleasure P that sings, and then there's Diamond Blue and Spectacular, and hold Slick on, em. hold on. Slick'em, Slick okay. God, okay. these names, I mean, get... it sounds like nail polish. Diamond Blue, <laughs> Slick'em, ain't that the, the frog that does the cereal? Listen. Like, what is this? I mean, I can't even tell you each of their roles in the group. I, I just never got into them except for that. Uh, what is that purple soda bag of chips? Oh, that's purple that's all soda I got. bag of chips. Gra- <laughs> Nothing like grape, grape soda. soda. In a bag. Oh, that's that's the your body record, rolling down yes. ninety five. Ed, that's all I can tell you about. Other than that, I do not know a thing. Oh, I gotta get Kyle. out of here. But they, oh. I, I'm with you, Tom. I mean, I never even considered them an R&B group because it's, I mean, dude saying hooks, but it's usually just like some weirdos rapping with his shirts off. So to me, how are they any different than, I don't know, any other rap group? But they're a Smiles and South Star of 2005. Smiles and South Star. We got to talk about that in 2003. <laughs> Wait 2002. till 2003. Oh, man, I forgot <laughs> oh about Smiles God. and South Star. My goodness. Um, I mean, I don't even know where to go from here. Uh, uh, T-Pain? Yo, can, on a side note, can you we talk about T-Pain really quick? you talking about T-Pain? Is, isn't that the album with I'm in Love with the Stripper? Now, I don't know. Probably. That, I think that's the only T-Pain song that doesn't have auto-tune when he's singing on it. Oh. T-Pain, the R&B Grim Reaper, when he... I'm chilling, I'm chilling, Tom, I'm chilling. I'm bringing it down. <laughs> relax, Y'all know Ed, how relax. I get about T-Pain. I don't even know why Kyle's trying to start trouble here. Yeah, I right, don't know okay, why he's trying to start trouble. <laughs> Hold up. Time out, time out. All right. 
We're going to ask this question, and then we're going to get into the awards. Uh-huh. Since we're talking about 2005 here. Do you guys remember the rapper Mike Jones? Who? Mike Jones. Oh, God. But... <laughs> Go ahead. Yes. Where are we going here, guys? In his song back then, he gives out his phone number. If you guys, and this is a 2005 throwback, if you can give me his phone number right now, on the spot, right now, live on Instagram, live, I will retire from this podcast, and we'll have, we'll have Sullivan, Brandon Sullivan join this podcast. I, to be fair, <laughs> I used to know the number because they said it so much, and someone in the chat will remember because it was something, something, four, four, hit Mike Jones up on the low. That's, I can't remember. You know what used to make me mad about Mike Jones? He never wrote 16 bars. He wrote five bars and just said those five bars over and over and over again. And he was like, I got my 16. You cheating. <laughs> oh. 281-330-8004. Yes. Wow. Hit Mike Jones up on the low. You say it's four, Someone got it. four. Someone got it. Lawrence got Check it. Check the comments. See? See, we got some 2005 fanatics in here. Oh, uh, can we get it? <laughs> Sorry. Can we get into the awards then? We gotta do something. Yes, we can. Me. All right. <laughs> uh, well, we just talked about the rookies. Let's go back to the rookies year. Who was the rookie of the year in two thousand and five? Of all those people that I just mentioned, a lot of great artists. I mean, it's weird because in hindsight, it seems weird not to say Chris Brown, but that's hindsight again if you told me in 2005 who was the rookie of this year i would have said keisha cole she had the biggest songs the most momentum and as tom said the biggest push so to me she held it down and bobby v we Mm -hmm. we don't give Ludacris enough credit these days because Mm -hmm. luda was huge and to be on dtp was a big deal yeah he was another one that i thought was gonna and he just was hitting 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 every single was incredible so i would have put those two up there and then maybe had Cousin Chris at number three. Sounds weird, but that's what mm. I would have added as. I'm going with Bobby V. I can't pick Keisha Cole. You want to know why, guys? Why? Why is that? Keisha Cole, for everyone listening, blocked us for some reason <laughs> long ago. We are Keisha Cole is one of her biggest supporters. She blocked us. We have no idea hold, why. Hold up, Tom. Didn't she just comment on our Instagram recently? I think we're friends again. We're friends again? Oh, thank goodness. We're yeah. back, guys. We at love wh- you, Keisha Cole. Come on. At one point, at one point Pleasure P blocked us, too, but we're friends, too, now. It happens. All right, that's good. I that's good. I right, so- how I'm the most hated man in R&B Twitter, and she has never blocked me, but everybody else is mad at me. Why is she yeah. mad at y'all? I don't get it. Regardless, if we're blocked or unblocked, I'm still going with Bobby V, our boy. Wow. Shout out to him. He always shows us love. Yeah. You know what? Because when I look at it now, Chris Brown is my rookie of the year. Because if you guys remember, Keisha Cole didn't pop until her third single, which was I Should Have Cheated. She had two singles prior to that, and neither of them really popped off. Um, I Changed My Mind, and uh, that Alicia Keys record, what is it called? I Just Wanted to Be Over. Yeah, like those two songs didn't pop pop. It wasn't until the third single. Chris Brown, right off the gate, was smashing the charts. So I'm going to go with Chris, but... Of those albums from those rookies, the one that I prefer the most is Bobby V's. Because mm. from top to bottom, sl- songs like Slow Down, Tell Me, that is a... S- we talk about five-star beats. That is a six-star beat. Yes. That, I like that it better than Slow Down. And to be mm-hmm. fair, I have said this for years. I have told Bobby this when he was on the podcast. I want you to know me 
should have had a video. That was my song. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to go with Chris, but I'm actually going to go with Bobby. All right. So uh, the next topic we have here, the next award, is the album that um, you were most anticipating in 2005. Hmm. For me, maybe A. Marie. Because as we discussed, I was a huge A. Marie fan. I was a huge fan of one thing. I remember where I was in my apartment the first time I heard the song. Because a friend of mine told me about the song before it dropped and said, it's like nothing you've ever heard. It is like DMV go-go. And I was like, we have not heard a go-go record. I don't know, since doing the book. (laughs) I don't remember the last time we heard the song. (laughs) So when I heard that, I was blown away. I think that was my most anticipated. Tom? It's a, it's a tie between probably A. Marie and probably... No, I'll just go with A. Marie as well, because I want to save my other accolades when we get into our best albums. But I remember first day, that was a nine ninety nine pickup for the, for a young Tom right there at Circuit City. Yes, so sir. I was looking forward to that one. Wow. Uh, well, no-brainer for me. The most anticipated of that year was Chris Brown. Because I was in high school and everyone loved Chris Brown at that time. He was like this young, new, fresh face and uh, had to get that one. Also, free 99 on uh, Fair Share. <laughs> and I, as much venom as I have for Cousin Chris these days, that's by far my favorite album of his. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next album, or not next album, the next award we're going to go into is the Twitter Thriller. Uh-huh. This is an album today that you see is celebrated a lot on Twitter. Maybe not so much in 2005, but today we see it a lot. What what album do you guys see that's loved a lot these days? Oh, yeah, there's only one answer for this one. This is the easiest one. <laughs> easiest <laughs> one. Mariah Mimi. Easily. I mean, people mm-hmm. have said, I have literally seen people call this one the greatest R&B album of all time. Because and I and I think that the fandom for this is so high because for a generation this was their entry point for Mariah so they missed like my wife has the first Mariah album and she has emotions and all that early stuff from like ninety one ninety two ninety three that's what's her entry point so she loves Mimi but she also loves the original stuff but for a generation you were just talking about it Kyle like your generation that came up on cousin Chris and these young artists. Mariah really hit right here, and that's why it's so beloved on social media today. Since Ed covered the thriller part, I'm going to go with the the biggest slept-on albums like I did last week. Tiffany Villarreal, Mm. you know, someone we heavily support. Her debut album came out that year. If anyone's heard that, hit, hit us up in the comments. I'm curious if you've heard it. If not, check it out. Anthony Hamilton's soul life album now this wasn't the ain't nobody worrying album that came out this was his old label that put something out and it was pretty dope actually so those two i feel like are heavily yes it did those two are heavily slept on wait we're gonna promote unauthorized releases uh it was available for sale i mean technically (laughs) they owned the records We might have to go back and talk about genuine hey, high At least poly- I bought the, a freaking thing instead of going the bear share. So someone got my money. Exactly. I, you, you're self snitching, Kyle. Talking about, oh, yeah, I got all these albums for free. 
Yeah, you're right. Uh, we got to go back to 2007 and talk about Genuine's I Apologize album then if we're going to oh, do no. this. No, <laughs> uh, the Twitter thriller. See, I wouldn't even call this a Twitter thriller. This might just be thriller. Can we talk about, guys, the Pretty Ricky debut album? We're oh going back to God. this. Can we talk we're about going back we to back? Pretty Ricky here. <laughs> Can we talk about what? a new host? <laughs> oh my goodness this album and and to be fair on twitter people love this album now i don't know what has happened either either their ears have gotten better or the music just gets better with time but i remember in 2005 people were killing pretty ricky they were like what is this gimmick but ed they proved everyone wrong in 2020 people i know you see it on social media people celebrate that pretty ricky album <laughs> i see people on social media telling me that what's that little boy little nas x is better than big nas <laughs> but yes you're right is... in 2005 people were like what are these little jodeci cosplayers running around doing it's ridiculous i mean mm. whatever I, I do like pleasure p i was glad that he was able to kind of rebound off of that and kind of you know get his own thing going i was not a fan of the rest of them the the cereal guy the frog cereal dude and the nail the what man. <laughs> That's the, the guy what? from the um the Honey Smacks. What's his name? Oh, oh. <laughs> that frog. Okay, he's a frog gotcha. from Honey Smacks. Um, I don't it, know what's going on. If you're not going to allow me to call that the, the thriller, then I'm going to go with Ashanti's collectibles. But I see not- a comment. I, not in Florida. We rock with Pretty Ricky from day one. You see, Ed, this is why you know I have something against the South because that <laughs> was accepted down there from day one. Florida ain't the same. All right, Florida's Florida's his own thing. It's true. They're uh, they're, they're co- their COVID nineteen restrictions are kind of crazy too. Shout out anyway, to Bruce anyway. Ford. Leave Bruce Force alone. If he wants to rock with with Pretty Ricky, let him rock. But you be rocking right. by yourself, dog. All right. Um. Shout out to Pretty Ricky. Uh. Can we talk about the album that was? And Tom mentioned a couple already. But what what do you feel is an album that was most slept on? When you look back today, like what's a slept on? I album? Think, I'll throw another one out there go ahead, uh, if, if, if I can. Raheem Devon's a love experience, and he kind of called us out on this one because we didn't mention it on on Instagram. Like his debut, really solid project, and you know if you look at Raheem Devon, who's gone on to have, in, in my opinion, one of the best careers of his generation, and that's where it all started. And he's got some really dope songs on there. Guess who loves you more? I think you was on there, and. You know, just never really gets talked about. You know, he'll play some of the songs at his shows. But, man, such a stellar career and someone in my book who will go down as a legend in R&B music, and that's where it started. Mm, great one. I agree. One Ed. of those ones that gets overlooked. I talked about it a little earlier on, but to me, I think Selena Johnson's album really is one that, and I don't even remember if I got it in 05. I might have got it like a couple years after. But it's one that is really connected. It's one I still listen to today. Probably her best work. So that one's my slept on for 2005. Hold on, hold on. Breaking news. Lawrence, my manager, is from New York. He doesn't like Southern music either. Oh, man. That, that's confirmation right there, guys. Tom and Derry's manager. What a pet. Like, that is our judge <laughs> right there. That's confirmation. That's all I needed. It's Someone agrees. Confirmation Con- is more like ugh, ridiculousness. And shout out to um, Netta Brielle for rocking with this, us this whole episode. We got to get you on next episode, 2004, especially because we're going to be talking about Usher. 
Yo, she paid. I, Neta, I saw your tweet. You paid like a thousand dollars for uh, Usher tickets. I'm with you. I might be at that show too. <laughs> Let me know what section you're in. Um, <laughs> my be slept on. Mask. You're right. I need to do that. Uh, the slept on album for me, because I mean, I think in 2020 maybe like 12 people have heard it, but in 2005, I'm pretty sure it was only me and Tom. Trey Song's debut album. Nobody heard that album. No, I heard the mm. album, but again, I'm, I'm with you. I think it's a solid project, and it kind of did get kind of lost in the show. Yeah. I remember um, I was actually working at college radio in, in 2004, 2005, and I got like an advanced copy of some of the songs, and I remember them trying to push him, but really it didn't make any noise. But I remember liking some of it, but it's definitely slept on, especially when they talk about some of his later albums that came out in hits. Yeah. Yeah, the key is to get buff and cut your braids off, and it works. Also, <laughs> it also works when Chris Brown torpedoes his career for a few years, and then he slips in the back like door. It's not like he was fat and bald when he came out. Exactly. I mean, he was. <laughs> That's true. Jeez. Um, all right, can we talk about our favorite three albums of this year? Yep. We're gonna do this again from three to two to one. Tom, I'll start with you. What is number three on your list? Um, hold on. Yes, Netta, Aretha Franklin was on Trey Song's album. I think there was some, he was related or something. I don't know the story. Yeah, I remember that. I don't, she might have been in a video too. Like, I I remember this. Yep. There was some connection somewhere along the line. I don't know, but all right. Let me go with my number three. I was going to, I was all set to put Keisha Cole in there until earlier when I remember we were blocked by her for no apparent (laughs) reason. Oh, God. So. So, Mary J. Blige, the breakthrough makes it in. Mm. That's my number three. Ed? Number three for me. We talked about it a little bit earlier on. My girl, A. Marie. Touch is number three. Mm. That's the album with uh, Rolling Down My Face on it, right? Rolling, 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 rolling. She said it like 10,000 times, but yes. That's the one with Rolling Down My Face on it. I never got sick of the roll. That song is great. Yeah, it's an amazing. There's song. a like incredible horn on that song that makes it work. Yes, the horns, Ed. Any mm-hmm. song that has horns is automatically amazing. If it's a horn, I give you an extra star on my review. Just throw a horn up. <laughs> <laughs> um, my number three would have to be. Let's go with Bobby Valentino. I'm gonna go with his mm. debut album. Mm-hmm. I feel like this album needs to get more recognition. Bobby V in general just needs to get more recognition. Uh, we're actually uh. After this podcast, I think uh, we're we're doing some like live show thing with Bobby V, Pleasure P, and Lloyd. I think that's going on right now. So click on our story after. But uh, Bobby V is my number three. Cool. Tom, number two. My number two is going to be Marcus Houston's Naked. And this is coming from me as mm. a fan, not as a music journalist, because that for me, that one... I can relate with. I was. I appreciate it at the time. Also, in my opinion, is heavily slept on. I don't think he gets the attention he deserves as an artist. He might not be the best vocalist, but he's made some good music, and I'm a fan, so I'm going with Marcus Houston. Yeah, is this the album with All Because of You on it? Because that yes. is my joint. Yep. Yes, it is. Yep. All right. What about you, Ed? Number two for me. Number one and number two are almost interchangeable. They're so very, very close for me. But I'm going to go with MJB, The Breakthrough. That's mm. my number two. 
one of her best albums, and it's incredible that she put out one of her best albums so late into her career. We're talking a decade in, so incredible piece of work. Kyle, can you uh, get out your notebook for a second? We have something uh, here from Shaquille Perry that you need to write down. When you get to 2002, Full Moon is not the album of the year. Saying this three weeks in advance. Well, oh, Sha- well, we knew that already. Shaquille ain't wrong. <laughs> we knew that already. To even say yeah. that is the best album would be, no pun intended, foolish. Well, oh, I'll God. Oh. I'll leave it there. Oh, God. Wow. Did you, have you been working on these lines, Kyle? Damn. That was Just good. Stay tuned. No, it was uh, not good. Don't give him love for that. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Brute Force, Naked, I don't think it was Marcus Houston's last good album. Veteran, to me, was also an amazing album. Check that one. Wait, does Ed think Breakthrough is better than Mary's debut? Mm, I wow. don't... I'll have to... I don't think so. I don't think so. And Come somebody on. will go back and look at my rankings and say that, oh, you said, but no, I don't think it's better than the debut. <laughs> it's not her best album. It's not better than my life. The debut, mm. uh, I'll go with the debut. Relax. Um, my number two, I'm, I'm, I'm stuck between two artists right now. I feel like one of the albums ha- it has better songs, but the other one just flows better from top to bottom. And Ed, I know as a re- reviewer, the second thing I just said is probably the right answer, but yes. I'm going to go counterintuitive, counterintuitive with this. My number two will probably be Tony Braxton's Libra album. Wow. From top to bottom. Top to bottom, great album. And even the bonus songs. I don't know if you've heard the bonus songs. I Hate You. I don't know if you heard that one. I don't think Baby I Face got the bonus on song. my... No, my disc ends at Shadowless. So, no, I don't have the bonus songs. And Wait, then, what did you say about Babyface? He wrote that song. He wrote that song? I never knew that. Yeah. And wow. um, what's the other song? Um, Long Way Home, the record that Soul Shock and Carlin did. That's a great song, I too. I need to go check those out. They're not ringing a bell. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow, look at all this love Ashanti's getting in the comments. We'll, we'll get back to that later. Hold Let's, on. Uh, I'm, I'm off my game here. Now I'm looking at 2002. No one's even mentioned A. Marie's debut album, but get back. Boy, Let's get we'll back. We'll get on. on I'll set it straight <laughs> in 2002 in a couple weeks. Because this is Ashanti foolishness. <laughs> And I can't wait for the Brandy stance to get mad because y'all wrong too. We'll get it straight in 2002. Tom, number, what are we on, number one now? Yeah. All right, what's your number one album of the year? I'm going to go with 2005. I thought we are on 2002. They got me all messed up. There no, 2005. It's going to be Faith Evans, the first lady. Mm. For me, that's my personal preference. Um, and just like I said earlier, front to back, love it. So... That's my number one. Ed? Well, for me, it's no surprise if you've been paying attention. It's, to me, my pick for one of the better albums of the decade, in fact. Mariah's Mimi, number one for the year for me. And when I did my, we always reference this, when I did my Kings and Queens of the 2000s, no question, I had Mariah as the queen of 2005. Mm. Great pick. Um. Yeah, I, I don't think I have any more pretty Ricky jokes here, guys. Uh, I'm going to go with Mariah Carey as well. <laughs> uh, like I said, I think Tony's album from top to bottom is better. It flows better because there are a couple of Mariah songs, especially near the end. And I might be getting it confused with the deluxe version. I don't know if some of these songs were deluxe version songs or part of the original. Um, <clears throat> is that Get Your Number song on the deluxe or the original? That's the original. Yeah, I, I didn't like that song at all. Um, and then the Nelly song as well, that's... 
the original? I think that's the original. Because if those are part of the original, then then yeah, like I, I didn't like it from top to bottom. If it's a deluxe, if it's a deluxe album, I kind of give it a pass because you're adding more songs than than what was originally intended. But um, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll give number one to Mariah just because lots of great hits and a lot of slept-on album cuts too. Songs like Circles, Mine Again, Fly Like a Bird, um, the Snoop record, which I know some people didn't like, but that album from top to bottom, great album, except some of those deluxe songs. The Twister song that Derry mentioned, that one's a good one too. One and Only. Oh, love that album. Yeah, I got to revisit some of these albums. I think this is when we do these podcasts, it's a good time to revisit. You know, it gives me an excuse to pull up some of these albums again. And like you said earlier, Kyle, sometimes as you get older, you can learn to appreciate stuff more. So definitely a good opportunity. Excellent. I see Darius Jones back in here. What's going on, Darius? Um, but guys, I think that's it for 2005. We'll be back next week to talk about 2004. Netta, I'm going to shoot you a DM. You're going to join us on this so we can talk about confessions. Or uh, you can wait until 2001 and we can talk about 8701. <laughs> so it's up to you. Or you can come to both. I, I don't mind. But um, I think that's it for this week, Ed. What's going on with SoulInStereo.com? Everything's going on with Soul and Stereo. We haven't had any new updates lately because I have been working on two projects that hopefully will be out soon. I was hoping that we would have them ready for this week. Probably going to be more like next week because life is crazy. So... Hopefully I'll have those new projects out soon, but in the meantime, I'll be dropping some new content. I've got a couple of album rankings that I got in my mind. I won't kind of spoil that surprise yet, so check out Solon Stereo. We got some stuff coming. Tom, what's going on with You Know I Got? So I think we just interviewed 112 and Frankie J. Yeah, we got J a new 112 and, and Pierre Medor, on the set. And, uh, Frankie J. Yeah. We just posted our interview with RRL. We just posted a whole in-depth feature on A Touch of Jazz, which is something I'm, I, I love reading about and I'm passionate about. We talked to a lot of the artists and producers who were there. Um, and, yeah, just a bunch of new music came out as well. Check it out as always. You know I got soul.com. Yep, amazing things. And uh, more amazing things to come. I'm working on a feature, guys. Now that we've figured out this Instagram Live thing with the three of us, I, I've somehow managed to get Zoom on here. Um, but stay tuned for a really cool feature that I'm going to be doing soon uh, with, a, with some of your favorite producers. I'm just trying to figure out the schedule. It'll be the R&B draft. Ed and Tom, if you guys want to join me for that, feel free. But stay tuned for that. We have a lot of cool interviews coming up as well. So I appreciate you guys for just sticking with us. Next week we'll do 2004. Uh, and, and, and at some point we might have to bring in some of these guests because once we get to like 1996... Um, I was watching Power Rangers at the time. I probably didn't even know what was going on in R&B. So, uh, we might need some of you guys to, to help join, help us with this and join us. But uh, when we get there, we'll get there. So I think we're out for this week. It was a fun week, fun year. And uh, we'll be back next week, guys. You guys take All care. Right, guys. Be safe. And uh, we'll be back. All right. Peace.